0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about strategies for investing during a down market. There's a lot of volatility happening in the market today. And when you have volatility in the market, The first thing that happens with investors is that your emotions start to get into a big jumble and that can create an environment where it becomes difficult to make smart decisions, shrewd decisions, even decisions that you know are probably long-term the right ones. So today we're going to talk about some things to just keep in mind as you're investing during a down market and what some strategies are in the second half of the show that you can use to invest during a down market that have the potential to be great long-term strategies for you. Okay, So the first thing that I want to say, and I really, really want listeners to take this to heart, is this. Your behavior matters more than the market's behavior. Let me say that again. Your behavior matters more than the market's behavior. And here's why. A fear-driven market is an illogical market. Your emotion starts to supersede investment fundamentals, When you take emotion out of investing, you start to look for things like profitability, earnings per share. You start to look at things like long-term returns and things like that. But when you bring emotion into it, you start looking at, oh my gosh, my portfolio has lost this much money, or oh my gosh, I'm down this percent. And the most common emotional reaction to a down market is, well, maybe I should just pull out for a while and then I'll go back into the market when things are looking a little bit better, which is market timing and that never works. (laughs) Market timing is usually the worst idea of what you can do. So the thing that I want you to consider is this, When you have an emotional reaction to the markets, you probably should actually do the opposite thing of what your emotions are telling you. Your emotions are telling you, sell, sell, get out, get out, prevent future loss. And the best long-term investment strategy is to just do nothing and to write it out Even have the courage to invest while the market is down because then you can have bought more shares at a lower price and ride the recovery whenever it does happen back up you have to keep in mind that the market itself is not designed to be short-term investing. It's designed for the long-term. And when we say long-term, anything that has significant risk in it, we're talking 10 years or more for that. So you you need to keep that in mind when when you're creating your investment decisions. The next thing I want to mention is this. Patience is an undervalued investment virtue. <laughs> Fund managers, people who are out there managing the money professionally and do this out sitting out there in the big companies on Wall Street, they are focused on longer term positioning, not on speculation and not on the short term. What sometimes happens, though, is something that's called herd mentality. Herd mentality means people get crazy, they get nervous, they start selling at the wrong times or when the market's going down, and it forces fund managers to sell shares that they don't want to share. So that hurts their long-term positioning. So the herd mentality in funds can really create a negative impact on investors who actually are staying invested. So for those who can do their part, not freak out, not react to their emotions when volatility hits the market, it actually creates a better environment for the fund managers because they can stay on pace with their long-term positioning. So let me give you a little bit of historical perspective on what I'm talking about with some of this. So the first thing I want to say about historical perspective, and this might just help you kind of keep calm when others are panicking, is that intra-year drops or or during the calendar year, a drop of 10% or more has happened in 14 out of the last 22 years. Let me say that again, a drop of 10% or more has happened 14 out of the last 22 years. That's a pretty significant number of drops. This isn't new. (laughs) So let me go ahead and kind of tell you a little bit about some of those drops because I think these are important to keep in mind. We'll go all the way back to 1987, Black Monday. For those of you who've been investing for a long time, you might remember this. There was a one-day percentage fall of 20.47%. Now that's a monster drop. That made people panic, (laughs) no doubt about it. And it took 264 days to reach the previous high. But after a year away from Black Monday, the profit in the market was actually 23.19% up after one year. So think about that. Those who sold missed out on the profit, and that lasted less than a year. So it feels so much longer when we're in the middle of it. It feels so scary and like, oh my gosh, this has never happened before when we're in the middle of it. But the reality is this happens with a fairly amazing amount of regularity. Let's talk about one that's been pretty recent. Let's talk about what happened during the pandemic. On March 12th of 2020, we saw a one-day fall of 9.5%. And then four days later, on March 16th, we saw another one-day fall of 11.98%. Now, here's the thing that just makes me smile about this. That March 16th drop that we saw, it took only 19 days to get back to our previous high, and the return after one year, get this, was sixty six point zero seven percent on the S and P. This is according to some information that I pulled from Hartford, and I mean, when you think about that, a one day drop of eleven percent. Oh my gosh, that is scary. That does create panic, especially when the pandemic was making us kind of freak out about a lot of things. But only taking nineteen days to reach the previous high. And then a year later being 66.07% up in the S&P 500. Can you imagine if you would have sold at that low point and missed that recovery? And that's the thing that I'm saying when I talk about your behavior matters more than the market's behavior. Your behavior of hanging in there through the highs and the lows, that's the ride of the market. That's the type of investor behavior that really tends to pay off in the long run. So these bear markets... You know, when we go down over 20% in the market, that's the definition of a bear market. These bear markets are a normal part of investing. So I looked at some bear market history, and I can see that it happens, you know, quite a few times. And I looked at some of them since, you know, 1928, which was the Great Depression. And then I looked at them all the way through 2021. And here's something that I found that was kind of interesting. The average of these bear markets was down 35% for that time, 35.62%. And the length of the average bear market was 289 days, less than a year. So let's think about that for a minute. When I say that investing is a longer-term journey, And that you really probably should have a time horizon on anything with any type of moderate, moderately aggressive or aggressive risk tolerance, a time horizon of at least 10 years. If our average bear market lasts less than a year, then you can see where the whole axiom of buy low, sell high makes sense, hanging in there through market volatility makes sense, and not trying to time the market makes sense. So thinking about those things really, really should bring together the idea that shrewd investing, smart strategies, things that tend to make sense for the long run, are not emotionally driven. Okay, so let's talk about how important it is to stay invested despite negative news. There's no doubt there's negative news out there. Oh my gosh, we are talking about inflation is all over the news. We have interest rates that are rising all over the news. We have political shenanigans. No matter what side you're on, there's political shenanigans going on out there in the world. There is a war in the Ukraine, and that affects so many things that you wouldn't even think of. You know, the Ukraine is a a huge exporter, Of grain, of wheat, of corn. And if those farmers are fighting as soldiers right now to protect their country, they're not planting crops. They're not harvesting crops. We're going to see not much grain come out of that country this year. And the rest of the world then has to pick up the supply because the demand definitely is not going down. You know, you start to see things happening out there like uh the allowance or the potential allowance of ethanol to be used year round. Well, that is going to require additional corn in order to do that. And we already have a bit of a demand crunch for corn. So what happens when, when you have more demand than supply? Well, the prices go up. Okay. Now, I always think that in any crisis, there are winners and there are losers. And that's not to be mercenary in the thoughts about that. But the reality is money can be made in most market cycles. I want to look for the opportunities that are out there. So staying invested despite negative news, that's something that really does tend to carry some weight. Looking for those opportunities that are out there that present themselves during negative news is something that you can think about doing as a a long-term investment strategy. So let me take it back a little bit here, back to 1972. So for those of you who are listening, if you think about back in 1972, that is when the Watergate scandal broke. Now, that was a massive scandal. It changed the course of history You know, those of you listening probably remember that or definitely know about that. And the negative news that year still ended up with a stock market return of 19%. Again, this is according to data that I pulled through Hartford. And the growth of $10,000 at the peak of the Watergate scandal in 1972 That $10,000 invested in the S&P 500 at this point would be worth $1,975,778. So I would say that's a pretty good return for investing during some pretty darn bad news that was out there. (laughs) Okay, let's come forward another 10 years. 1982, there was a severe recession and there was a tremendous amount of Middle East turmoil. That year, 1982, S&P up 21.55%, and the return on $10,000 invested at that time would have been still over a $1,000,000, $1,052,703. So again, good long-term perspective there. Come forward a little bit longer, and let's go to 2002. This is when the U.S. invaded Afghanistan the Iraq war resolution, and this is when the dot-com bubble fallout was happening. S&P 500 down 22.1%, but if you would have put $10,000 in at that point in time, today it'd be worth over $61,000. Pretty good long-term return. Let's fast forward again. Let's talk about the 2012 issues. 2012, we saw the U.S. consulate in Benghazi was attacked. We had the Trayvon Martin killing happen, which caused rioting and widespread issues in the United States. And we had the unbelievably sad Sandy Hook shooting happen in 2012. Lots of bad news on different fronts. Yet the S&P 500 that year was still up 16%, and $10,000 invested at that time in 2012 would now be worth over $46,000, a four-fold return on your money since 2012. So let's go ahead and then bring it forward again to 2020. You all know what happened in 2020. We had the worst pandemic in 100 years. We had a presidential impeachment craziness going on, and we hit double-digit unemployment because of the pandemic. However, by the end of that year, the S&P 500 was still up 18.4% and had you invested $10,000 in 2020, just a scant couple of years ago, it would be now worth over 15,000. So, the thing about that is investing during times of negative news can frequently have good long-term outcomes for you. Now, that's not a promise Past results are not guarantees of future results. You all know that about investing. But when it comes right down to it, the long-term perspective is what we have to keep in mind. And your behavior, again, matters more than the market's behavior. Patience and long-term perspective will get you there. Historical perspective, knowing that this happens frequently 10 out of the last 22, or I'm sorry, 14 out of the last 22 years have had a 10% or more drop in the market, and yet it's still been a good long-term place for money to grow. These are the things to keep in mind when you're considering investing during a down market.
0: Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists: Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and Forbes Top Women in Wealth for four years running.
1: Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, where we're talking today about investing during a down market. We talked about how to not have the wrong emotional reaction the market. We've talked about being patient and letting things ride during the market. We've talked about the historical perspective of markets being down and that being a normal part of investing. So I want to start this segment off with um, just some kind of interesting information about how missing the market's best days has been a very costly investment perspective for people. So, we am going to talk about the S&P 500 growth from 1992 to 2021. If you would have put in $10,000 into the S&P 500 index in 1992 and stayed fully invested through all days, by March 31st of this year, according to Hartford data, your $10,000 would now be worth over $208,000. However, If you tried to time the market and you pulled in and out and you missed just the 10 best days in the market, your portfolio instead of be worth 208,000 plus will have diminished down to 95,000. So less than half of the value because you missed just the 10 best days. And that's the hard part about market timing. I mean, the reality is we don't know when those 10 best days are going to be. Most people think, oh, things have turned around, I'm ready to put my money in the market, and they do it following the best days. And you can see just from that information how costly that can be for you. But take it one step further and tell you if you miss just the 30 best days, During that entire time period, 1992 to 2021, your $10,000 instead of turning into $208,000 plus would have turned into just under (laughs) $36,000. You would not have necessarily been a happy camper when it comes to the market. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about trying to take money out and in out and in of the market. Okay, I'm going to shift to some strategies now because I always think when you're talking about investing in things in a down market, it's great to have data. It's great to have information, but let's get down to action. Let's get down to strategic thinking. Let's get down to some things that in the past have proven to be strong ideas during a down market. So the first one I think is probably kind of obvious, but this is a buying opportunity. Things are on sale. The, the oldest axiom in the market is buy low, sell high. And let me tell you, people, this right now, this is what buying low feels like. <laughs> it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel magnificent. It feels probably a little scary. It probably hurts your stomach a little bit. And the reality is, even if you invest right now, there's certainly a potential that it could have further immediate drop. However, you're still buying low you're still buying lower than what you would have done in the past because the market is down from its high. So this is a great buying opportunity for excess cash that you have on hand. I'm not talking about taking all of your emergency money and putting it in the market. I'm not talking about taking out loans and putting them in the market. I'm talking about the excess cash that you have on the sidelines that is not allocated for emergency money and is not allocated for any specific planned expenses or needed for income in the next years. So think about that with excess cash that you have. Think about this as an opportunity to buy low so that in the future you can potentially sell high. Now what kind of money? Do I mean that you should be doing that with? Well, for most people, or for many people, I should say that means non-qualified money. Non-qualified money is non-IRA money. And that's usually what your cash on the sides is. So non-qualified money, this is a great time for that cash on the side to be thinking about getting into the market. All right. Additionally, with your non-qualified money, this is a great time to look at selling underperformers that in the past had a lot of embedded gain in them. Embedded gain means you put money into it, it grew, but the way that taxes work on non-qualified money is that you don't pay the capital gains tax on that till you sell it. So there's been a lot of holdings that people have been holding on to for a long time and didn't want to sell because they didn't want to settle up on the tax consequences. Well, if you do get rid of something that's an underperformer now, your tax consequences will be significantly lower simply because the value is lower. You've lost some of that embedded gain. So this is a good time to look at those to sell things that had some embedded gain that no longer have as strong of a tax consequence and consider how to reposition them for stronger growth whenever the market does recover. So tax loss harvesting, tax gain management, things like that, repositioning. That's a strong strategy to consider during a down market. The next thing would be considering a Roth IRA conversion. Now, I could do a whole show on this, but here's the bottom line with considering a Roth IRA conversion. The money in a traditional IRA, whenever it does grow back, is going to grow back in a taxable sense. If you convert it to a Roth IRA while the market is down, any market recovery If you follow all the rules of the Roth IRA, we'll grow back in a tax free manner. Now, I don't know about you, but tax free is my favorite kind of money. So anything we can do to encourage tax free growth, I'm all for. Now, Roth conversions have a lot of rules to them. Roth conversions have immediate taxable consequences to them. This is not something that to go lightly into, but it is a strategy to consider at this point in time. So, Keep that in mind. Talk to your financial advisor. Give us a call. Talk to your CPA. Let's talk through whether or not that's a good idea for you. And the last thing that I want to talk about is maybe consider at some point in time adjusting your risk tolerance level to something more aggressive. Now, this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for super conservative people. But those of you who are more moderately aggressive or aggressive on your risk tolerance levels, If the market is down, you could consider at some point taking a piece of your more conservative portfolio and making it a step more aggressive so that you have a little bit more on the equity side or the stock side as the market tends to recover. Now, again... That's something you should have discussions with your financial advisor about. It's something that you should get some information about. It's not something to be done lightly and certainly not with all of your portfolio, but it is a good potential money-making or profit-making strategy to consider while markets are down, especially for money that you're not going to need for the long term. So there are some strategies that you can consider putting into place when it comes to investing during a volatile market. So let me go back over those real quick. Non-qualified, buying opportunity, great idea. Non-qualified, good time to sell any underperformers that have had previous high embedded tax gain and if the tax gain is now lower or gone and reposition them for potential stronger growth. IRA, consider Roth IRA conversions right now. And for any type of money, consider if you're more aggressive Moving towards something that is a little more aggressive to ride up the recovery whenever it happens. Let me just throw one other one in there since I do have a quick minute before we end the show. This is also a good time to think about increasing your contributions to your retirement accounts. So if you're doing monthly contributions, say into your 401k, if you're doing monthly contributions into any type of investment account, consider bumping it up a little bit. Why? Because you're buying low you're buying more shares with that same dollar amount of money. That's making good use of dollar cost averaging strategies and is likely to have a good payoff for you in the long run. All right, so that's our show for today. It's been great visiting with you. I hope that this information has been helpful for you as you think about what to consider during a down market and even strategic thinking about how to set yourself up for a profitable, potentially profitable long run. All right. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Sterk.
0: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Asturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice you should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors List includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data. Rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The word is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.